Dear listeners, where are you today? Right this moment, in the car, at work, in the kitchen, out for a walk? Does the truth that God is with you right now, right where you are, make you want to hide? Or do you feel comforted? Second Chronicles 16, nine tells us, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to give strong support to those whose heart is blameless toward Him. Let this sink in. Everywhere you are today, God's eyes are on you. Eyes not glaring in condemnation, but eyes filled with tenderness, desiring to give you strong support. So listener, let's savor his nearness as we listen to today's story of God's presence in the everyday, ordinary lives of women. Welcome to Everywhere You Are. If you've attended a Dawson worship service, you've likely seen John Woods, our music and worship pastor, or Brad Gowing, our executive pastor on stage. But do you know their wives, Lindsay and Miley? On this episode, you'll hear from these two beautiful women. They share practical advice on how to let go of your tight to-do list and allow conversations about God to occur naturally in your home. If you're a reader, you'll love all the book recommendations they share. Our hope is that by the end of today's episode, you will know these two Dawson members more personally. Maybe you can find them on a Sunday morning and share your favorite books or a scripture that has touched your life. I'm Rachel Langston, and Kristen Torres is here with me today. We've got uh, Miley Gowing and Lindsay Woods with us. So, Kristen, why don't you get us started? All right, Miley, can we start with you? Where are you today? (laughs) I'm Miley. I'm wife to Brad, and I am mom to Addison, who's 11, and Audrey, who is 9. And we have been here at Dawson. Brad's been on staff this time for just over 10 years. And where were you before that? Um, We served at First Baptist Pensacola, Brad and the student ministry for almost four years and then First Baptist Dothan for two years. And before that, he was on staff at Dawson in the rec ministry when we were first married. Lindsay, where are you today? I am Lindsay Woods, wife to John Woods, the worship pastor here at Dawson. And we have three kids. Hudson is 10, Emma is nine, and Mason is four. We have been at Dawson for almost nine years now, which is crazy. And we are from Texas. So we've been left Texas after 30 years and love Birmingham. When you say you left Texas after 30 years, like, did you think that would be where you stayed? Were you surprised to end up here? I think if you had asked me that, um, I I think we probably both thought we would always be in Texas just because our families are there. Um, But when we first met Bob Hatfield and John started having conversations with him, we knew and we were praying that um, if this was where God wanted us, that it would be a place where we could, you know, plant and be for for a long time. Talk about your kid, like the different personalities of your kids. How long do we have to talk? Our girls are not necessarily, there are so many things about them that are similar. There are so, so many things about them that are really different. They don't really fit into the peg hole uh, birth order thing. Addison loves to read. She reads faster than 
faster than me and she has for years and and her interest in reading is not really what mine is and so I don't I don't always read the same books as her anymore um so she'll just tell me some these stories that just are out of left field I'm like is that did you read that or did you make that up and sometimes she just made it up like in her mind while we were walking somewhere she just comes up with this idea and this creates this whole plot line it's amazing her imagination is just completely bananas she is my homebody for sure she would rather stay and play with all the little people who live around us and just in her imagination it could stay there all day audrey who is our youngest would take every single activity and play every sport and if she found out tomorrow that there was like astronaut horseback riding lessons she would try and sign up for them um she also loves to read and also loves to be at home but she just has interest in all the things she's also the one that bait that wants to bake but that is because she still wants to be with me and she likes to eat it well we all all do (laughs) (laughs) why else would you make it is there something about parenting or praying for your children that like the God has done in an unexpected well, way. Well, here and before we get that, because I feel like this can segue. Because both of y'all are at a life stage where where are you today can be very different on any given day. Gosh, and so consider listeners who are also tuning in and mm-hmm. knowing everything that y'all are balancing. Day, both of you working, both of you moms, but like I don't know. Tell us a little bit more about where you are in that way. Lindsay can go first. Like, is Hudson real serious? He is, but he's also... It's funny, my kids, I, I feel like they, they're they all three... Hudson and Emma are a lot alike, and they're also very different. And then Mason is, like, just his own totally different kid. Hudson loves school and learning, and if he's interested in something, he wants to read about and learn about it. It's really cool because he's also in this stage of life where he's accepted Christ, he's following Jesus... But he's still learning. And the other night, we had a really interesting conversation for on Friday nights. They're doing this new fifth grade Fridays. And for the boys' book, like one of the first couple chapters was about King David and David and Bathsheba. And the question was, what was the sin? And he was like, I don't, I don't know what the sin was. John and I just kind of looked at him just totally flabbergasted like what do you mean you don't know what the sin is like you know he saw Bathsheba and he you know he was with another man's wife um and then had her husband kill, like all the things and kind of ended up he was like he just looked at us with these huge eyes like he had never heard the real story of David and Bathsheba which kind of shocked us but then at the same time you think back to preschool which Miley and I are both in the preschool world you don't teach that to preschoolers <laughs> so we had this really neat conversation just about the bible and um kind of digging into that story with him and him realizing like what these things actually mean and learning about how like God can take someone so sinful and so broken like David and then he turns around and writes the Psalms and so that was a really neat neat time with Hudson one of my favorite authors was on this podcast a few years ago and said she had practiced the art of houseplant parenting like how a houseplant doesn't respond when anything's happening to noise or light or anything like that, they just are sitting there. And then later they they grow and change a little bit. And I was like, that's weird. But that's what I feel like I'm constantly doing now. I'm houseplant parenting. I'm receiving the information and I sit on it. And then later I put it out there in little bits. I like that. I like <laughs> yes. that a lot. That's really yes. nice. What podcast with Melanie Schenkel? When has the Lord answered a prayer of yours in an unexpected way? Lindsay? I feel like for me... Almost every prayer is answered in an unexpected way. Oh my goodness, I was going to say that. I mean, I I really feel like the older I've gotten, I've realized like almost as if I'm not praying for God to do things my way. I mean, 
that's not true. I will still very selfishly pray for things to go my way. But I'm learning that a lot of my prayers are answered how I just totally was not expecting it. And, um, and it's always better than what I expected. This past year, it's been a lot of God is answering prayers through removing situations and jobs and people that I thought were huge and important. But what I'm starting to come out of and see and learn is that kind of like the pruning process, like tearing things away, tearing things down for growth. And right now, one of the things that's unexpected is taking things away that I thought I really wanted, like a certain job or whatever. I think that's that's so true. When I was thinking about this question, I was like, well, really, every big thing, every huge thing that has happened in our marriage has been an unexpected way the Lord answered a prayer Mm -hmm. from when we had our first child and to (laughs) I never thought I would enjoy being a stay-at-home mom in fact I thought I would never be a stay-at-home mom and and then the fact that I enjoyed being a stay-at-home mom and then enjoyed working in preschool ministry like I mean all these things were just completely I never even thought to to pray for them because mm-hmm. it, it never even dawned on me that that would be something I would want because I, I thought I had a calling. And I, I do believe I was called to each of those things in that season. More recently, I've been really delighted as the Lord and His kindness has opened my eyes to see how He allows us to disciple in our families in different ways. Coming out of COVID, quarantine, you know, how whether your family had like a two-week quarantine or a two-month or in some cases a two-year quarantine. I feel <laughs> like we all had different things we wanted to, things we wanted to maintain with our family, things we wanted to continue and, or things we wanted to know. I don't want to ever do that again. I always want to be out and about or what, whichever. And one thing I really wanted to put into place with our family was better Bible reading habits, family worship time, like things like that. That went along with some things that Danielle Bell was pushing in kids ministry. I wanted to really integrate those really well. I bought books on discipling your girls. I mean, I was very prepared, but what has happened instead is that, you know, we're not always together every night, you know, like you can't have family prayer night if like two of the people are basketball till after bedtime or Bible reading in the morning, like mornings are crazy. Why would you do that when, you know, so it just, what the Lord and his kindness has opened my eyes to really remind me of not, not a new lesson is that that verse in Deuteronomy, these words that I'm giving you today are to be on your heart, repeat them to your children, talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. And it goes on to say, bind them as a sign on your hand and on your doorpost, etc. Recently, I was just reminded that that's, that's discipleship. Like I, I, I hear I wanted this really big and specific. I mean, I was diligently praying for a good time to sit down every day with each of my children independently and like have walk through this book with them. And that would have been delightful. And for people who can make that happen, more hard to you. But that is just not happening in our house. But what is happening in our house is carpool every day. Like yeah. my children are in the car with me every morning and time one-on-one in the kitchen with Audrey or walking somewhere with Addison. And it just has, I've been really delighted to see that that is also discipleship, like seeing how those conversations naturally play out. My, my planner personality wants mm-hmm. to have all the questions answered ahead of time, but, but that's just not the way. And so God is really kind to, to answer my prayer because frankly, this is way better than the plan I would have come up with. 
I love what you said though about how like finding ways to weave it into your everyday life because I think that for your girls for our kids to kind of grow up seeing how as awesome as it is to wake up every morning and have an hour-long Bible study like that doesn't always work every day and so to find the moments to have prayer and read and have God conversations and weave it into just life and let it be normal and not okay now is the time that we have to start this and now that time is over so now we do this but like it's actually becoming a part of their life is really beautiful and healthy for them to learn so young. I think you'll find out with boys too, the car is gold <laughs> because they don't have to look at you straight in the face. And there will be a lot a lot of times boys will start talking in the car and they're not they're not gonna talk at the dinner table when everybody's, you know, together. It's gonna be these snippets of when they're in the mood. But yeah, I, I like that because you know, when we get to be grown ups we realize our discipleship is not a an hour here and a you know it is more of a woven through our days who we are as you go uh-huh. but i will say i've already seen that in hudson where um in the, in the car is one of the big places he talks and then at bedtime when mm-hmm. um you know we're just in his room just talking to him before he goes to bed versus emma who talks all the, words. all the time all the words non-stop um she wakes up in the morning and is you know full of things to say already and um even though she'd already <laughs> shared everything from the day before stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah and then there's mason who he he's an interesting combination of both um as far as talking he he's just that preschool says everything that's on his mind right now which is fun and scary probably write a book uh-huh yeah yeah write a book Lindsay, what surprises you most about God? For me, I think, and this has been really evident in the last couple of weeks, but just watching my kids and kind of having that overwhelming love for them, going in at night when they're asleep or um, seeing them do something and just that overwhelming love and then remembering that God has that and even more for me, that the love that he has for me is greater than what I have for my kids. And and it's funny because I feel like there's so many things about God that don't surprise me because it's just, you know, knowing um, his faithfulness and his goodness, but just that overwhelming heart, just full and just love and pride that you feel for your children, knowing that that's what God feels for me. It still surprises me. Miley, what surprises you most about God? This sounds so silly because I know his character and I know he is faithful, but it never ceases mm-hmm. to... Sh- to shock me like I'm constantly in awe like I'm like all the fathers of the Israelite people who are constantly like messing up and God still extends his Mm. covenant promises to them I'm like how how, why do you keep doing this for me God thank you I mean not to say that I didn't know he was but truly this idea that he has already taught me the lessons that show me that I need to go ahead and give over my plans and yet I continue to try and take them back it's like every morning I give them over with open hands give them my day and then you know by the time my people are awake I'm slowly grasping them back and holding them tightly and clutching them but every day he continues to teach me with loving kindness and his his character just continues to surprise me yes and amen I'm a planner and a color coder and a highlighter you know I mean I want it all and I think God probably just thinks well isn't that cute you know how she thinks <laughs> that calendar is really gonna affect 
Like it's going to get me through the day. Yeah. And it, it doesn't. And then it's going to be yes. that what she has written down is actually what's going to happen <laughs> in her day. You know, are y'all readers? Yes. I know you're a reader. I love to read. So what do y'all like to read? I love fiction. I just finished um, Katie Kirk's book. So I love autobiographies also, but I love fiction. And I will occasionally read, you know, other things that... Do you have certain authors you like? Yes. I like kind of dark and twisty books. I like um, mysteries. I like, you know, whodunit. Um, I like Colleen Hoover. I like... What about you, Miley? What do you like to read? I was a history minor in college. I really love to read historical fiction, but especially if it's not just random historical fiction about some made-up character. Like right now I'm reading a historical fiction novel, a book about a real family that just has all these fictional stuff mm-hmm. added to it. But I love that at the end, there's like a whole extra chapter about what's real and what's fake. And that's my favorite. Yeah, I do um, love historical fiction too. Yeah. Especially if it's about... World War II, I know that sounds lame because everyone loves historical fiction about World War II, but World War II, World War I, and the American Revolution, those are my favorite, and I've just been devouring books about all three of them lately. One of my favorite historical fiction time periods is like Cold War, like yeah, girl. Soviet stuff, which feels weird saying, oh, like, hey, hey, are you reading the, um, Our Woman in Moscow? No. Okay, that's, that's, the, that's my next up. No, this right now, our, this yeah. is creepy. I mean, I'm not going to... So I started a book called, I think it's called The Last Green Valley. I should know it. I'm two thirds of the way through it. But it is about a family in the Ukraine. And I started it. Oh, wow. And you open the book on the first page. It says 1922, 100 years ago. And it literally like follows them. Oh, wow. Like, like the first Soviet, whatever, uh-huh. invasion. Uh-huh. It wasn't an invasion because they already read it. And then yes. when the Nazis took, I mean, it literally is going back and forth. Mm. It's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I Have you read Gentlemen in Moscow? No. That's a good one. Yeah. My list of things to read, if I live to be 129, I cannot get them all read. Same. Like, are, it, like my, you good, my good reads, like, want to read list is never ending. Y'all are way cooler than I am. I just have random lists in my notes on my phone. And part of what's messing me up currently is that a friend of mine teaches English in, in high school told me that you should read at least one classic a year. And at first I was like, oh, that's easy. Okay. But sometimes that really bogs you down because like I read The Count of Monte Cristo and The Fall. That's like eight novels. It's truly so long. And it was written in French and then translated into English, but a couple hundred years ago. So the language is harder to follow. Right. That's making making Slowing my list. Down. Well, and it's making my list really long. You know how many classics there are that I have not read? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. These are the women. I don't remember what y'all were doing in my office, and it's been a while. But I remembered we were talking about books, and I was thinking, I don't need to add one more thing for them to do. Oh. And when we got ready to walk out the door, and one of you said something, what was the book? And I was like, oh, don't worry. And they were both like, choo, choo. <laughs> It's coming, and I'm like, y'all are machines. (laughs) And you still are. Do you reread books very often? It was a good one. There's too many. There's too many (laughs) I need to read, so I'm not going to take the time to go back and read some. How do you decide what to read? It's usually a recommendation from someone. I would say 90% of the books I read are because somebody said, oh, this was so good. You know, different blogs that I follow will do book reviews and um, like that Our Woman in in Moscow this is a girl that reads tons of books every month and she said that was like her number one book of 2021 I (laughs) this happens truly every time I go to the library someone will give me a recommendation I will go to the library to get it and 
based on what is on display, I will walk out with not one book, but four books because Mm -hmm. I'll read the back and I think, oh, I need to read that one too. Mm -hmm. But that's how I stumbled across America's First Daughter about Thomas Jefferson's daughter. And it's one of my favorites that I've read in a long time. Like I thought they did an excellent job. Yeah. Like going into like hard stuff, like how they were still slave owners and all kinds of things that like you, anyways, and I just literally stumbled across that Mm -hmm. book and no one, no one recommended it. So that's why I love still going to a library or a bookstore and just like roaming around. If you start a book and you hate it, will you let yourself put it down? Yes. Again. There's too many good books to read for me to waste I, my I'm time. Getting, I've gotten to that point <laughs> in my life, but it's yeah. taken a long time for me to be like, I'm not, I, I'm not, finished, I'm not doing anything. I have, this. and I've started like googling, like, is this book hard to get into, or because I, you know, I don't want to put it down, and then somebody say, well, like, if you could just power through to chapter four, and then, right, and then right. I can, if I know it's gonna maybe pick up or something, I'll stick with it. But if it's something I'm totally not interested in, or it feels like a dud, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna waste my time. I think mine is pride. I mean, that's just, uh, I... Well, that's the calendar plan. Golly, yes. Like, I'm, I'm going to check this off my list. Do you want to know how many people I told <laughs> that I finished the Count of Monte Cristo? <laughs> I mean, you bought it up here. <laughs> Twice. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love yes. it. That's great. That's funny. Yes. I mean, it took me four months, but I've told everybody. <laughs> I think it's funny that we're both Enneagram Nines, but when it so comes to like friends, we're very different um, in that. That's funny. I, I like to take all the personality quizzes, whatever they were about, even like all those dumb ones that came yeah, out when we were in college yeah. about oh, yeah. like, which oh, yeah. friend's character are you? I took oh, all yeah. of them because you? I just think it's really interesting. Well, it depends on the day. But <laughs> <laughs> you think she is? Monica. I think she's Monica But if that is not a more nine, is there a more Enneagram nine thing to say than it depends on the day? Yeah, because there's not. There's not. Because, because it depends on who yes, I'm with. Yes. Depends which on is, who I'm which with. Is, and that, I feel like for me as a nine, like when I take those personality tests, it's easy for me to like, what do I want to be today? That's exactly or right. how do I feel today? <laughs> that's yes. exactly right. Yeah. So, I mean, the test could change yes. every single day. But I think that's why I like the Enneagram. And I th- found it so fascinating to read about and to think about who I think is what. I mean, you, I can't put you in a category because mm-hmm. the whole deal is like what motivates you and I don't know what motivates Rachel you know I'm right. a good friend of Lindsay but I don't know what motivates Lindsay right. only you can say that right. but I think that's why I like it is because I, I can't tell exactly what my kids are I think mm-hmm. I know but it shifts every you know every mm-hmm. couple days so speaking of shifting in what ways do you feel you have changed the most in the past year what ways do you feel you have changed the most in the past year it has been a big year but in for our family in a lot of ways it's just been like kind of nice to just it's been sort of a pre-COVID year for our little family of four it's been we've done a lot of normally things normal feeling things I think I'm in a season again this is like the third time God has had me in this season I mean it's amazing how I'm just so slow to learn these lessons over and over again to focus less on what I have for myself that day on what I what I have in front of me and even even if it's really excellent excellent things i think the lord is just kind of opening my eyes to to like pulling back and just seeing like what what's the big picture here and not focusing so much on like the steps right in front of me yeah and even as as we've just listened to you in this short amount of time a word that i would say describes what i have heard over and over in different ways whether it's your children whether it's books whether it's ministry through preschool is presence 
like you do an incredible job wherever you are of being very present. And so even over the year and the ebb and flow of it, it sounds like um, you're being incredibly intentional to not try to plan it all out and overthink and to be very present. Well, and isn't that funny that it takes intentionality to stop being Mm -hmm. so... Intentional. And that you're you're one hundred percent right. Is that I sincerely tried to create more white space mm-hmm. on in my planner pages so that I'm not so like listen, I am not above making a to-do list of things I have already sure. done just so I can cross them off the list and feel good about it. Uh, <laughs> yes. But I am, as we were saying earlier about discipling our kids, just looking for more opportunities to be intentional about grabbing those conversations, about taking, making every moment count because gosh, they're fleeting. Yeah. I remember yeah. praying, certainly to be intentional about those conversations, but for me, I had to pray to recognize those opportunities mm-hmm. because I was so set in a lot of ways on, okay, if, if somebody mentions this, then we got to jump it, you know, and, and I remember just saying, Lord, just, just show me when it's a moment that I can slip something in or that I can stop what I'm doing and pay attention to what somebody just said, because they don't happen when you think they're going to, mm-hmm. you know, they don't happen on Sunday mornings all the time. And it wasn't so much that I even worried a whole lot about what to say, but just that I would recognize that as a moment of mentioning something or, or going deeper there. Um, and I remember Tell me more. feeling like, you know, when, the, when you're a new parent, you're like, I don't ever want to say, I don't know. But I remember the older they got, I was like, I would say that the that's one of the things I don't know or I don't understand about faith or that's where our faith comes in because we don't know. And that gives you more credibility the older they get. And that's that's real. Yeah. Lindsay, in what ways do you feel like you've changed the best in the past year? I would say a year ago, Lindsay was trying to be enough for all of the people around me, but then also feeling like maybe I wasn't enough for God, but like learning now that I, I am enough, but I also am not everything to everybody else. More than six months ago now, um, I had a job where I was so stressed and so busy and the time with my kids, I felt guilty when I was spending time with my kids. I felt guilty when I was working. And because of that, I felt like I didn't have the headspace for when they asked me questions, I wasn't, I didn't feel present. It was, it was just this horrible, horrible place to be in. And then also wanting to still do all the things and be all the things and learning that, you know, I don't have that job anymore, job anymore now, which at the time when that ended felt freeing, but then also it was sad and scary. Again, a weird mix of emotions. Um, but now being in a place where there's a lot less stress, but there's time for me in my head to to be more present with my kids and to answer questions. And then also know that like, it's okay to not own my own business. And that doesn't make me any less of a woman or anything like that. Coming to grips with knowing that I am enough, but then I'm also not enough. And that my, and learning that my people, my kids, my husband need, I can't be everything for them because they need to either do for themselves or rely on God. Mm-hmm. And, um, and learning that for me has been a big part of my year. And what a gift to them, like to articulate that, you know, because mm-hmm. that's what God does for all of us is he fills in those gaps. And, and right. when I am sufficient, there's not a lot of space for people to see God at work. Yeah. Know? So thank goodness that that I am very rarely sufficient to the task. Yes. <laughs> right there with you. 
any impactful scripture that you would want to share? I have two just from the last year, just what God has been teaching me um, that have been really close and I've clung to. Um, the first one is Luke 1, 45. Blessed is she who has believed what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. And then the other one is 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing more, let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And I think just knowing that God has been changing my heart and what I was putting a lot of value in a year ago, knowing that he is, he's accomplishing the things that are actually important and actually the kingdom work and being there for my kids and my husband. And that is a beautiful, those are the two verses for me this year. Your life display of those verses is a beautiful testimony of his goodness. Miley. I have been kind of tickled that I I love when God works like this. You're thinking about something and then lo and behold, you read it when you you read whatever Bible verse, your app or whatever it is you're following for your quiet time tells you to. And that's kind of been the way it's happened several times recently, kind of going back to and tried and true Proverbs three, five and six, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. So, you know, you know that and that's, you know, up in everybody's house and you memorized it as a kid or whatever I did. And it's still 100% true, but, but to read it in dozens of different versions in the Psalms and the New Testament and Jesus' own words, when I read through Exodus, just this idea that he will make your path straight, not easy, not simple, not clear of debris. <laughs> there will be challenges. I was reading in the Psalms last week and it came up again, Lord, lead me in your righteousness. Make your way straight before me. That's Psalms 5 verse 8. My people really love to hike. Lindsay's do too. I've, I've had this recurring image in my mind when I come across anything in scripture that says something about a straight path, how we were hiking after Thanksgiving and I was not feeling well. And it was the path was rocky and we were it was steep and it was not like a not it, the trail was marked fine. But I was looking at my feet. I was watching my feet. I was mad that I was there. I didn't really feel good. <laughs> and it was a gorgeous day. And you know what? I was still looking at my feet and not paying attention to my children. And they like went when the you know the blue path goes this way and the red path goes this way. They like went off, and I was just looking at my feet because I had already fallen on my backside one time. And you know you just are trying to make sure you stay upright. And <laughs> but. If I had been watching them and enjoying them and paying attention to the beauty around me, I would have seen that the blue path went this way and I was supposed to go follow the blue path. It's clearly marked. And that's what I keep picturing when, you know, the Lord draws out the word straight in my Bible over and over again to me. It's clearly marked, Miley. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like your path is clearly marked if you just take your eyes off your own two feet, your own Thing that you task list that you have in front of you and look up at him and yeah i think that's beautiful and enjoy the things around right i mean like how often you get to see the journey that's exactly right yeah i think that's also good for just the times of um like being in the valley like if you just keep looking up and keep he's making the path straight like you're still going to go through the hard times but if you stay keep your eyes on him and you keep going like he has made he has marked the path for us and we just have to keep going we don't stay there So, listener, where are you today? 
Are you on a path that sends you in circles with no clear direction forward? Does the pathway feel perilous with danger on every side? Cancer, marital strife, rebellious children, grief, workplace stress, pain, or brokenness. Perhaps in this moment, you simply cannot see the way forward. Here are a few scriptures for you. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. From Isaiah 30, 21. What about this one? The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. And though he may stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. That's from Psalm 37, 23. Or this one. For I am the Lord your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. From Isaiah 41, 13. And finally, as we close today, let us pray the scripture from Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, shared in today's episode. Lord, when we find ourselves on a rocky path, provide us with faith to trust in you with all our hearts. Give us conviction to not lean on our own understanding and grant us humility to submit to you so that you can make our path straight. In Jesus' name, amen.